Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mindshare Mentorship Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I want to talk to you about how to succeed as an advisor and what qualifying feature your 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 ideal clients need to have. So there's in particular, there's one particular person inside of your client organization or external to them that that is really required for you to be able to do advisory work. And if they don't have this feature, uh, you're going to end up doing a lot of the implementation stuff and you're actually not going to be an advisor. You'll be kind of like a fractional marketing manager, if you will. And that's not really ideal for you. So if you want to really sell expertise and not sell your hands as well, there's going to be a key attribute that you're going to want to make sure clients have. And that person is basically their, their marketing manager, coordinator, or someone internal to them, ideally internal that is responsible for the, the, for the day-to-day projects and making sure that uh, everything gets done on time, on budget, um, and that they're asking for help if needed, but otherwise that they're the, essentially the engine of the show. Now you're able to kind of steer the ship in the right direction. You're able to allocate resources and sure it's fueled up and kind of guide the whole process. But ultimately, if you're in an advisory role, you want to be making sure that that there's someone there that's going to be propelling the project forward because it's not going to be you. Usually in any kind of marketing, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of uh, chasing things. There's a lot of creating drafts and making them better, a lot of iteration. There is a lot of time involvement. There's um, there's budget management. There is just tasks that need to get done. And if you're in an advisory role, you can't do all those things for your clients, obviously, and, and that would just you know uh, weigh you down completely. So they really need at least, at the very least, they need someone in the organization, first of all, who's your point of contact, who's taking ownership over the project and who's willing to commit some level of time to getting it done. Um, but then whether that person is also the one who manages the whole project or not, it doesn't matter. But what, what you need really is, yes, that that key person who's a champion for the project and who's ultimately responsible for helping push it through. But you do need someone who's kind of the coordinator, who's kind of going to be um, uh, making sure projects get done on time, on budget, and and really kind of being responsible for, for the show moving forward. Without that person, a few things sort of start to happen. And this is, this is the issue with being just positioning as a fractional CMO, which is not a bad position, but we just want to make sure that we very much manage expectations that you're not a part-time marketing manager. You're not an outsourced marketing manager. You're a fractional CMO. And just the same way a fractional CMO wouldn't be doing most of uh, a company's tactical kind of weedsy stuff, like, you know, filling in numbers in the KPI document or posting on social media or, you know, writing uh, a blog post, um, nor will you be doing that. So if you are in that position, or even if you're not, you just want to make sure that that someone is going to be doing all these various things that you can inform them that you'll help kind of create drafts, proof of concepts uh, with them whenever needed. But otherwise, someone's really responsible for being the hub for all this stuff. So they're going to be leading projects and ultimately be responsible for driving them forward. Now, there's a few reasons that this is important. One is obviously because if you're doing that for your clients, they're going to just put they're going to just, you know, treat you as though you're an unlimited, you're not actually part-time, that you're just an unlimited employee. And ultimately all projects will be on you to drive forward. And that's a heavy burden to carry from, for more than one client. So it's, it's not easy to do on a full-time basis, let alone on a part-time basis. So it sets the wrong expectations there. The, the speed in which the engagement will run will depend on you and your ability to push things along as opposed to them. So you'll end, they'll end up saying, Hey, you know, we're not moving fast enough. How do we get more done? That's one of the reasons that it can't be on you. It needs to be on the client to drive these things forward because it does take energy. It does take focus. It does take time and follow up. And there's a whole bunch of things that go into that. And it's frankly not strategic work. And that's where you want to be living as much as possible. So your client needs to have an in-house sort of champion. Usually the CEO is sort of the biggest champion, but then they need to have that kind of coordinator person. And that's sort of the focus that I'm going to 
want to get with you today. Now that coordinator person doesn't need to be a full-time hire. You know, I, I helped a client bring in a part-time person who, um, is helping to basically do kind of be like a part-time marketing manager, but ultimately they're, they're implementing a few things. They're kind of driving stuff forward. They're following up on things. They're inputting numbers into the KPI sheet, um, that I helped them build They're um, you know, making sure budgets are all lined up and, and ultimately doing a bunch of these task stuff, but that's a part-time job for that person. So it just worked out that that was something they could do for, you know, 10, 15 hours a week. And that's working out well for them. Uh, so it doesn't need to be an in-house marketing manager, depending on the size of the company and the amount of work that they need to get done. But it should be someone who's at least willing to commit um, 10 hours, 15 hours a week to doing this stuff. So it could be an office admin. It could be a virtual assistant. It could be a part-time marketing hire or an intern, even as long as they're reasonably competent and reasonably able to be organized and on top of things because you can guide them. You just can't be the one to drive projects forward and check in with people and follow up and see the things get done and all that stuff. It's You have to be able to close your laptop or turn off Zoom at the end of the day and not be thinking about five or 10 different clients' projects and whether you're pushing them forward fast enough. Psychologically, this is the second reason it takes a big load off you to not have to be the um, the, the driver of these things, you know, it can be very stressful to be the marketing manager for many, many people and to be pushing a number of initiatives forward. And I did this for a little while, uh, for two clients and it was really, really exhausting. I think I was charging 4,000 and then 4,500 a month for this. And, and at the time that was good, good money for me, but it was really exhausting because, uh, you know, the client expected me to just potentially, you know, even though I wasn't doing the actual implementation work, ultimately they saw me as kind of a catch all for any task, any idea, any, any, anything. And it was my job to organize things and structure it and allocate it and, and assign it and kind of produce all these outcomes and, and, uh, and then chase on things. And it'd be kind of, it'd be, it just became a very difficult thing to manage. So what you want to do is during the sales process, make sure that, Hey, do you have a marketing manager? Ideally, if they don't have a marketing manager, then do you have someone who is going to basically do this for you and, and be the engine inside of your organization, like an admin? You don't want the CEO to be that person because they're going to be busy. So who's going to be the kind of champion and really coordinator uh, and really quarterback, if you will, uh, all the different projects and people and tasks and timelines and deliverables. And yeah, failing that, it could be the the CEO, especially in a smaller business where the business owner is doing wearing many hats. But just know that they won't be doing nearly as much as they should be. And it's very hard to sell advisory services to very small clients. I do it. I've done it. I prefer to do group coaching because it's just more aligned with their actual needs and skills and it's, and again, costs, time or money investment. But but yeah, so who, who is that marketing manager going to be? And really be, being clear from the beginning, especially if you're coming in with a fractional CMO position where people are just going to kind of treat you as though you're kind of an outsourced employee where they can just dump stuff on you and it's your job to figure it out. It's no, who's this person and where are you going to organize that task, that idea, that project? And then and then let's all help you figure out how to allocate resources to it. So do you need help? There's a writing, design, and a development component to this. Do you need help with any of that? And if you do, I can help put you in touch with a designer, a writer, a developer, or help you create a proof of concept that's good enough and then we can maybe get it polished by by professional or just put it out there um, at 80% perfect. So that's kind of your job. And at the end of the day, they need to be the keeper of the tasks. They need to be the keeper of the projects. They need to be owning the work and owning the responsibilities. And because uh, otherwise you're going to be completely drained or you're going to set the wrong expectations for your clients. You're going to end up owning a job, not a business. And uh, frankly, you're not really selling advisory services if you're expected to coordinate and implement um, regardless of how you do that. So uh, if you want to maintain a higher level position, that's one of the reasons I call myself an advisor. And for some people I'll say I'm like hiring a fractional chief marketing officer and that 
you know, the same way they wouldn't do X, Y, and Z, neither will I. That kind of helps people understand what that means as an advisor. But that's why I call myself an advisor first and foremost is because of <clears throat> the um, the misexpectations on what's involved and what I should be doing versus what I want to be doing and versus what, what's kind of scalable. So <clears throat> I do have a fractional CMO um, service on Kevin.me. I don't really sell very many of them. I think it's priced at like 7000 or 7500 used to be even higher. But frankly, I, don't, you know, I just don't even want those kinds of clients. So usually I'll find a different solution. But if I were to do it, and I've said this in the past, I would do it for three or four months, uh, charge 7500 to ten grand, maybe even more per month, and then um, kind of get them into a good place and really spend a lot of work producing the foundations and bringing people on and kind of getting the project to a certain stage and then ideally handing it off to someone and then advising them and coaching them and mentoring them. And that's really where, where I want to be spent is, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you think about your ideal vision for your business, um, you don't want to be stressed. You don't want to be under pressure to do all the things, you know? So once you, cause you've got that in your own business, you have to be being putting, applying your own pressure to move your own projects and your own uh, business improvement, you know, and, and all the work you have to do on your own business forward. The last thing you want to be doing is being kept up at night and saying, oh, I forgot to reply to this so-and-so to get that quote to do this thing. No, like you need to be able to know what to do and that's where you got to be paid for. And the only way to do that is to really set expectations during the sales process and then throughout the engagement where, where needed, um, just saying, yeah, let's find someone to help you do this or this is perfect. This is something you can do and I can do it with you. Even if we have to set up another call, I'll often say, I'm willing to do it with you. I'm not willing to do it for you, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm willing to do it with you and uh, or I can't do it for you. I would never say I'm not willing to do it for you. I'm willing to do it with you. Um, I can't obviously do it for you from scratch. That's just not what I can do for all my clients, but I'm willing to help provide a proof of concept and or direction and or even training. And that's where having that specialization and doing webinars and doing training uh, videos can really, really help as well in building out your methodology so that you don't have to have such a high time commitment. You can basically teach people how to do a thing that you always do by showing them a video and or putting them in touch with someone. So a lot of value can be added there and you can only really do that uh, you can do that even if you're not niche, but it's way more effective when you can really drill it in and give specific examples to their industry by having a niche focus. So that's it. Um, the key person you want to hire the, before you yeah before you work with anyone, if you if they don't have that key person who's going to drive projects forward and be clear that it's like yeah you're going to be chasing little things here and there, you're going to be organizing stuff, you're going to be the administrator, you're going to be the coordinator, you're going to be managing budgets. Um, you're going to, you know, uh, there's timelines and you have to follow up with people. Um, and of course I'm here, you can ask me for help and I'm willing to get on as many calls as you need or respond by email. That's always an unlimited piece for whoever I work with so that they're not thinking about hours or, or, you know, value of emailing me one day. I want them to know it's all inclusive. Um, people don't abuse that and that's great. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to succeed as an advisor and sell advisory services, that's the key kind of component to this all. And if you don't properly set those expectations and paint a vision for the client in the future that yes, you know, you're going to be driving the projects forward. You're like the engine. I'm like the steering wheel is something I'll say, and I can help create proof of concepts with you on a call. I can help do, um, what else? Like I'll, you know, answer any of your emails, answer any questions, put you in the Slack, you know, uh, have, have those calls, but ultimately it's on you to kind of create that. And I'm even helping to help hire people help oversee them, help onboard them, get on supplier calls while they're, while you're getting up and running with them. There's so much I'm willing to do, um, you know, depending on the tier of service they're on, but I, I just can't be the one to kind of create stuff for you. Proof of concept, uh, other than a proof of concept or a draft or an outline in the case of writing. So yeah, that's the big, the big thing here. Um, 
if, if you, if you want to sell advisory services and they don't have that person, it's going to end up being you or the relationship just won't last very long. So, uh, make sure that that's really, really clear up front, and you'll be successful selling your expertise as an advisor. Um, and with that, I'll leave you for this week. I hope you had a great one. And again, if you know anyone, marketing consultants who are looking to, um, make their business, uh, run their business more effectively, more, more profitably, and ultimately sell better, better client, you know, deliver better client results and client services, um, send them to this group. I always love to have them. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch with you again next week. Okay. Uh, bye for now.